We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, if you are listening to to this uh, here, you're listening to my next installment of my uh, FBS College Football Breakdowns, uh, continuing now with the Temple Owls, who last year went 3-9, and 1-7 and seven the AAC. Um, one of the new uh, things I'm looking at this year, uh, looking at each uh, program stadium, and uh, Temple has a unique situation. Since 2003, they've played at Lincoln Financial Field. It's obviously commonly known as the Link. Um, a lot of uh, uh, NFL fans know that, of course. Um, as, of course, it's the home of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles operate the stadium, but Temple University plays in it. Um, it's also home to uh, many Army-Navy games, but uh, the stadium... Uh, replace Veteran Stadium, of course, um, and and Temple has had the the privilege to play to play there. Um, they they pay them uh, they pay the Eagles three million dollars a year to do so um, as of February twenty twenty. So um, maybe eventually Temple will build an on campus stadium. Time will tell, obviously. Um, in a, in a big city like Philadelphia, that's a little e- easier said than done, obviously. Uh, one of the other things that I'm uh, implementing this year, something new, uh, Coach on the Rise. And uh, the coach I'm choosing from the Temple Hour, Owls is cornerback uh, coach Dominique Bowman. Um, coach Bowman is uh, from Memphis. Uh, but just a handful of years ago he was a high school defensive coordinator so he, in 2014 2015 so he has risen uh, up the ranks pretty quickly um, in 2016 he was the defensive backs coach at Arkansas Monticello uh, 17 18 he was uh, that at UT Martin then 1920 was in uh, Austin P co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach um, 2020 2021. UT Martin, once again, as the co-DC and DB's coach. Then in 21, he was at Memphis as cornerbacks coach. 2022, Arkansas cornerbacks coach. And then now this year, he's been hired at Temple as the cornerbacks coach. So, uh, like I said, a young coach who's risen through the ranks uh, pretty quickly. Um, He, coming from Arkansas to Temple, um, pretty good uh, opportunity there. Of course, he, he leaves Arkansas um, after uh, Barry Odom went to uh, UNLV. Barry Odom was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Um, so he uh, spent some time w- with a, a very good coach, former head coach, who's who's done some really good things. Um, then while he was at Marshall, he coached um, – Multiple talented players, and Stephen Gilmore and Micah Abraham were both very good. So uh, he's, like I said, he's 
risen through the ranks pretty quickly um, just to be able to uh, be a high school coach not that long ago. He played at an NAIA school, um, graduated in 2008, and has just kind of gone through the ranks since then. So an impressive resume um, that will continue to grow, obviously. He's in his first year at Temple, like I said. Then looking at the Owls, their uh, 2023 schedule, um, they set up, they play uh, Akron at Rutgers, Norfolk State, in Miami. So that is their, uh, that's their non-conference schedule. Um, Akron is a game they're going to, they're going to need to win. Um, but Akron's not going to go lightly. Obviously they need to beat Norfolk State. Having Miami come to town is a big deal. And they almost beat Rutgers last year. So not an Sets up a little differently than most would think, um, where they have an opportunity to get two, maybe even three non-conference wins. Then their uh, conference schedule at Tulsa on a Thursday night, UTSA at North Texas, SMU on a Friday night, Navy at USF, at UAB, and then Memphis. The the one thing I, I do not like about their schedule, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit, getting through a tough September. And what I mean by that is you play Akron at Rutgers, Norfolk State, Miami, and then that Tulsa game is on a Thursday. So they play Miami, obviously going to be the toughest game on their schedule. And they turn around just a couple of days later, have to fly halfway across the country to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and play a good Tulsa team. So <clears throat> going to be difficult there. Um, Akron's improved. Rutgers will be improved. So uh, a, a tough stretch there in September. That's the one thing I look at with their schedule. But uh, I've been very impressed with what head coach Stan Drayton has been able to do so far. Uh, this team is leaps and bounds better than what they were, just how hard uh, they've, they've played. And uh, really, really impressed by the growth that they made in, in the way they were able to compete last year. So now looking at uh, position-by-position breakdown, uh, the quarterback position is led by E.J. Warner, the son of NFL great Kurt Warner. E.J. turned heads last year, uh, playing wise playing wise beyond his years for a true freshman. He threw for over 3,000 yards, had 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Obviously, cutting down the interceptions has been a focus in the offseason. Um very, very talented young man. Um, I, I, I was very impressed in the couple games that I was able to see him in last year, and I think he's going to be a very good player uh, down the road. Of course, any true freshman that can come in and throw for 3,000 yards, I believe he did that in 10 games as well, which is, makes it even more impressive. <clears throat> um, just, a, just a heck of a football player. And Temple is very lucky to have him. Uh, the running back position has multiple options, uh, but could use some more production from those options. Uh, Edward Sadie and uh, Dorvan Hubbard return, and the addition of E.J. Wilson from FIU is an intriguing option, in my opinion, uh, just because of what he brings to the table. Um, like I said, there, there's multiple options, uh, just haven't had the best uh, production from this group over the past couple years. So 
I expect that to rise, though, with experience and with the offensive line returning for uh, players who started seven-plus games. So it, it'll be – so that's an important thing um, that everybody's just going to have that experience and repetition just to get better. Um, then from the receiving re- perspective, a go-to receiver needs to emerge, and there are seven returners who have started games plus the addition of – Dewan Mathis, who's moving from QB, who was the starting QB at the beginning of the season last year, and Dante Wright from Colorado State. Dante Wright might seem to be that that guy who could become the go-to receiver. Um, But Ahmad Anderson is the leading returning receiver. Uh, There are a plethora of options at tight end where Temple lines up too frequently. Uh, A lot of different guys there that they can – put in there and they like I said they like to do a two tight end set so uh, could really utilize that this season <clears throat> looking at the offensive line they like I said they were they returned four players who started seven plus games in the past uh, guards wisdom Quarshi uh, and Richard uh, Rodriguez return as does right tackle Victor Stoffel uh, Juco transfer Diego Rojas comes in from the famous Laney College. Um, if you watch Last Chance U on Netflix, um, the famous school there, and he will probably man the left tackle spot. Uh, talented player uh, coming in at that position. So the, the offensive line is probably in better shape than it's been in in quite some time, and that comes into Coach Drayton and his staff recruiting well. Uh, looking at the defense, the defensive line returns talent, and there is hope that the valuable transfers can provide depth. Uh, defensive tackle, Jaquavion Mahone, nose tackle, Demerick Morris, and defensive end, Landstein Ture all have valuable experience. And then the addition, uh, the additions of nose tackle Alan Hoy, Hay from Miami, and uh, defensive end KJ uh, or defensive lineman KJ Miles from Georgia Tech are big. Miles can line up anywhere on the on the line. He's played multiple positions during during his time. So both Hay and Miles uh, come in from Power Five programs, and really, there's hope that they can really provide depth to this unit. Uh, the linebacker core is pro- is undoubtedly the best group on the team. Uh, they have probably three future pros at linebacker in Jordan McGee who had 86 tackles last year Yvonne Rigby had 82 tackles and Leighton Jordan had 53 tackles nine sacks and two interception touched for touchdowns last year all three of these guys I'm not saying they're all going to play in the NFL but they're all going to have pro opportunities in their future uh, really really talented group of players there and then the addition of uh, Daiwan Black is huge. He was a recruit for the Florida Gators. So another really good piece added to that group. Uh, the linebacker group, like I said, this is this is the core of the team right there. And some really, really talented guys there. And then you look at the secondary. They returned plenty of experience as well. Safety's Alex Odom. He had 75 tackles. And Elijah Daraville return, as does cornerback uh, Jalen McMurray and uh, Dominic Hill. Then there's the additions of uh, safeties Taiwan Francis from Colorado State and Kamara Wilcoxon from Florida. Uh, two more big additions to the defense. You can tell that there was a focus to improve depth via the portal, 
and that's definitely what Temple needs moving forward. Then you look at the special teams unit. Uh, kicker Camden Price returns after a very solid season, and punter should be manned by uh, Dante Alton, or Atten, sorry, uh, Purdue transfer Chris Van Ekren could serve as a kickoff specialist, or he could even get the punting spot. Um, he's got uh, uh, experience uh, throughout um, his time at Purdue in different situations. So a final analysis, uh, my opinion here. Temple returns valuable pieces at, at quarterback and throughout the defense. Um, getting through a tough September schedule, like I said, is going to be big. And depth is still a concern. Um, head coach Stan Drayton has done a solid job thus far building a culture and getting this team to compete and can an improvement will continue in 2023 uh, temple fans i would say be optimistic but still uh give coach drayton time to get this to get things going i think it's it's definitely possible that temple could make a bowl this year there, there's there's no doubt in my mind that that could happen uh, but if there are some injuries at key positions that it could really hurt um E.J. Warner at quarterback is a great opportunity. Some skill pieces need to emerge on offense, especially at wide receiver. Um, the running back uh, position needs to get more productive. Um, and then the defense has added plenty of pieces to help with depth. And uh, the linebacking core, like I said, is second to none, honestly. There, there's some really, really talented players in the linebacking core for Temple. So... Uh, like I said, be optimistic, of course, but also know to give this staff time because they're doing the things the right way. And the, the way that Temple competed last year, they were in a majority of the games last year, <clears throat> and it was just impressive to watch them compete and uh, just to see how much better they were than even at the beginning of the year, but especially from the 2022 season. So thank you again for <clears throat> listening, tuning into this breakdown here. Uh, please, please uh, like, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Uh, please give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Have a good night. God bless.